Hey, it's time to start your day. Here's the cool part. You're waking up with Chris Lawrence. Hey, what's cracking, y'all? It's your boy J-Rock. You know, listen to my boy Chris Lawrence on the Crails. I said, welcome to the Chris Cast. It is the Chris Cast. My name's Chris Lawrence, and we're going to have some fun today. This guy, you might know his work from Street Sense, Jonavision, Trailer Park Boys, Mr. D, Letterkenny Problems, and more. He's a talented actor. He's a best-selling author. Yeah, love that. Podcast host. Dancer in my maybe, we're going to find out. Gardener, maybe. And a very funny human. You know him as JT, J-Rock, Mr. Robert Sheely, the uber-talented Mr. Jonathan Torrens. Good morning. I should just hang up the phone. It's <laughs> never going to get better than that intro. Anything I could say will just be a disappointment from here on in. Absolutely not. I, and I mean every word of it. You are, in my opinion. I, thank you so much for coming on the Chris Cast. I really appreciate it, Jonathan. My pleasure. You know, it's kind of funny. Each of those things at the time that were felt was uh, especially cool. But now in hindsight, hearing them all kind of listed together, is like, yeah, I have done some fun stuff. You really have. And, and, and what about the dancer and mime? Can I, was I right in putting that in there? Um, I, I will confess to being an okay dancer. Mime I have never done. But Taggart and Torrens, the podcast that I have with Jeremy Taggart, we are uh, recording an album this year. So that's going to be the new thing on my resume that I've never done before. I love that. I, I, I yeah. We're, we're going to get into that in a second. Real fun uh, fact, why I always put the mime thing in there. I worked in Banff and I uh, I met Marcel Marceau. You know who that is, right? Come on. Yeah. And, and mime was kind of like, I, I mean, I never really, I did it in high school. And my teacher said, oh, a I had a moment. Yeah. And he was just so nice and very French and probably didn't know what I was saying. Anyway, I was fanboying all over him. But anyway. Question with regard to mime. Yeah. Like, did he actually talk when you interacted? <laughs> he did, but again, he's so French that he, I think he only knew like four words, like, where is my room? And um, can you send someone up to give me a massage? So, okay, Taggart and Torrens is, uh, well, frankly, tearing holes in the internet. Well, I, I haven't heard it described quite that way, but I will tell you that it is extremely satisfying because it only has to uh, be something that both of us want to do to make it in the show. And, you know, my, my background, as you probably do, you work with bigwigs or networks or, or whoever that for whatever reason has a vested interest in the content. Right. Um, podcasting is especially freeing because you can just riff. And certainly not all of the riffs land, but when they do, it, it's, it feels especially satisfying. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? I, and, and listening to your, your podcast specifically, um, huge fan. You guys really have uh, a very genuine connection. It's very real. It's, it's, it's not put on. And, and, you know, that's pretty refreshing in this day and age. So one of the few places you can have a long-form conversation in this LOL emoji universe so the, the big nut for us that we cracked was it's good to be funny and it's fun to be fun, but when we actually shared things from our lives as dads and um, people with aging parents and, you know, everyday frustrations and rumors and things like that, those are the things that really resonated with people. So I like that from sentence to sentence, it can go from being silly to serious and people just come along 
for the ride, you know? I, I yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I it, it's funny because it, you're you're entirely right. It's it's the real moments, it's the genuine moments that that always seem to resonate more with people. It's funny because you know, I, obviously, I work in radio and whatnot, and you you come off and you go, oh, that was a funny bit, but it's always the real moments that really connect. For sure, and and the thing about getting to do some live shows because we've been touring it the last couple of years is that everyone has a story that they want to share about who turned them on to it or when they listen. Um, you know, I, I, we just had a baby. I walk the dog every night. That's the only time I get to myself these days. And I listen to you guys and it cracks me up or I'm going through a health issue and you guys have really helped me laugh at a time when it doesn't feel like much is funny. Like that stuff is just great for the heart. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, no, it, it truly, truly, it, it, and again, you're, you, you hit it on the head. It's in this, you know, emoji world that we live in, this hashtag world. It starts feeling very superficial, and when you can have those real moments, especially, you know, as a performer, I think, and then, and then it resonates with, you know, the listener or the audience, the viewer, what have you. It, it just makes it very fulfilling. It's also, I, I have, um, you know, in, in most of my work, I have a do rag or a beard or a wig to hide behind. <laughs> yeah, this is extremely candid and and at first it was a little outside my comfort zone because i i have nothing to hide behind i'm really sharing of myself and um you feel very exposed but it's also the fastest way to connect genuinely with the people listening it truly truly is and we're going to get to the do-rag in a second because and all that because people want to hear about it so i real i want to touch on the book because now i have not read canadianity tales from the true north strong and freezing I asked it. I asked my wife for it uh, for Christmas, and it was sold out. So that's good news. You must be rich. Great news. Oh yeah, the Canadian book publishing is really where the big money is. <laughs> it's like podcasting. I'll, I'll tell you, interesting thing is the podcast in and of itself is not lucrative. <laughs> um, writing a book in and of itself is not lucrative. Touring is not huge money um, where we are, but all of these things in and of themselves when you kind of start to pool them together, it amounts to this enterprise. So the funny thing about the book was we couldn't get media coverage of two guys with a podcast, but for some reason, two guys with a book about their podcast, suddenly we could get on all the national media outlets to talk up the book. And because we're talking up the book that builds up the awareness of the podcast. And so it, it all kind of feeds into the same whole whatever that is and i still don't know to what end right but writing a book was a totally different set of muscles and uh really challenging it's it's hard because as you're typing um in on one side you're thinking this is pretty good and on the other side you're thinking why would anyone want to read this right right so now did you and jeremy did you write it together physically in the same room or did you just kind of go back and forth (laughs) no just like the podcast we wrote it um, he was in his house in Ontario and I was here mm-hmm. and we just kind of, once we figured out that each chapter was the other province, then that kind of created buckets. We could put stuff into reminiscences that happened in each of those provinces, you know, like, um, there are, there are tips from local people that live in each province about where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, that kind of stuff. But for example, Our Lady Peace was on tour in Winnipeg when Pulp Fiction came out. And Jeremy's dad, they were trying to get in to see Pulp Fiction because they had a day off, and it was so packed and it was sold out. Yeah. And Jeremy's dad had taught Jeremy that if you want to get into a crowded theater, you walk backwards into the crowd as 
the show before is leaving. <laughs> so if you're walking backwards, you take a few steps, let the crowd kind of pass by you, take a few more steps backwards, you can actually back your way into a busy theater. So that anecdote appears in the Manitoba chapter. It's not really related to Manitoba, <laughs> but it also happens to have something to do with Manitoba, and it's kind of an interesting tale from the road. So, and that was Jeremy's dad that told him to do that? Yeah. That is so funny. So Our Lady Peace backed their way into a sold-out screening of Pulp Fiction in Winnipeg. That is fantastic. That is truly fantastic. I'm uh, I'm actually, you and I are going to miss each other in Vancouver. We're going to talk about your tour in just a sec. Uh, we're going to miss each other by four days. And I would have totally taken uh, my dad to come see your show had I had we gotten there. Oh, no the way. Yeah, we're literally missing each other by four days. Yep. Are you from out there? I'm from Vancouver originally, but I was born in Halifax. So I moved back. Oh. Yeah, I moved back to Halifax uh, for radio, go figure, and was, was uh, working in Vancouver just as an actor. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's how I landed oh, out. Nice. Yeah, that's how I landed back here. Okay, so well, we're going to... Dad wants to come by himself, let me know. I'll put him on the guest list. Oh, that's really sweet of you. Well, he's 76. I don't know if he would come by him, but <laughs> I'm going to try and... I'm going to ask him. Thank you. That's nice of you. So um, we're going we're gonna to play a little game right now, and then we're going to come back and, uh, and, and talk a little bit more about uh, your stuff. So do you like music, Jonathan? Yeah. Okay, how about we're going to... This is 80s hits. Famous or heinous? And that's heinous with an H, not anus. Got it. Okay. Love this game already. Okay, and feel free to break into song because I do, as you probably already guessed. So uh, if yeah. you, if you know the song, okay, La Isla Bonita, Madonna, famous or heinous? Famous. Yeah, totally. Last night I dreamt of San there's a picture of her. I think it was from New Year's Eve where her posterior has been enhanced. Oh. And the internet was um, trying to to break it down because it's not clear if it was a temporary thing as a joke or if it's actually she's been Kardashianified or what exactly is going on there. She probably, yeah, I don't even want to Google. I don't even want to comment just because I haven't seen it, but I, I, uh, I don't know. I think she's just, she's great the way she is. She really the is. The interesting thing is, I was talking to this, uh, about this with my kids the other day. We were talking about the 80s and how Prince, George Michael, Michael Jackson, Madonna, and... Did I say George Michael? You did, yep. There were like five icons, and, and at the time, I wasn't really a fan of any of them. Really? But I have since come to completely understand all of their genius. What? So I think my timing was off. Oh, you know what? I, I completely agree with you. So my son is 17, and him and I, he's a musician, and him and I have been jamming a lot. Now, I, I grew up listening to all of these guys. I've got a, a big list of music here, but we probably won't get to it, but... Uh, we've been jamming on George Michael. Now, I always appreciated Wham and George Michael, but I've been doing the vocals for Careless Whisper, and man, do I appreciate his vocal genius now more than I did because it's so hard. Big time. It's so hard. And and all those singers, I mean, even the, the Biebers of today, especially if you watch a show like The Voice and you see these great singers come on and try to pull that stuff off, we saw Sean Mendes a couple of months ago at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. He's a monster. He is a monster. Um, but you read the lyrics to Playing for Time by George Michael, especially today at this moment in our history. Yeah. His only problem was he was 25 years ahead of his time. He truly, truly was. And it's funny you mentioned Bieber because he gets a lot of flack. But I mean, uh, that, that one song, uh, uh, Love Yourself, do you know that song by Bieber? Yeah, of course. It, it's a fantastic song. I don't even know if he writ, wrote it, but lyrically... I and think he co-wrote it with Ed Sheeran. It is fan... It's a, such a fantastic song. Yeah. Okay, so let's play a little bit more Famous or Heinous, because uh, I got some obscure ones here. Mr. Vane, Culture Beat. You remember that? Don't know it. 
calling Mr. Raider, calling Mr. Wrong, calling. Oh, wow, okay, I didn't know it by name. Calling Mr. Um, Vane. That's late 80s. I'm going to say heinous. Oh, really? I got to go famous on I that one. I probably danced to it at J.J. Rossi's during Dollar Drink Night back in the day. <laughs> but I'm going to say that's in camp heinous. Okay, I'm going to go famous on that one. I think we're alone now, Tiffany. Oh, that's famous, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. It was also a cover. It was? Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I think it's like a 50s song originally. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. I don't know who did it, though. Okay, um, word up, cameo. Cameo, word up. Yeah, that's Fairview Junior High on the D floor all day, every day, every day, that right? Is famous, so famous, like literally one yeah. of the best. Um, I'm gonna give you some bad ones. How about Danger Zone, Kenny Loggins? I would be lying if I said that didn't automatically put me in the headspace for like doing burpees in slow motion. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's famous. I'm going heinous on that one. It, it's one of my. This is maybe the joke that I wrote that I liked the best of all time. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get in to see the new Footloose trailer, but I had the wrong Kenny Loggin. Okay, forget it. <laughs> get it, Kenny Loggin information. Uh. <laughs> it was like it was a long way to go, but both people that liked it were like, "Oh, that's a great joke." <laughs> Most people were like, yeah, Next. "Okay, so I want to talk about uh, Mr. D." So. I, uh, I, I, I have a friend in Hawaii and I go and stay with them and, uh, we surf together and I showed him Mr. D on Netflix. This was, uh, yeah, this was before I was on the show, but anyway, and he, you know, he was like, how come we don't have the show? Like the show is genius. And I said, right. It's genius. It really is such a good show. And big, sure. large in part to you and to, and to Mr. Mr. Chile, like seriously. Oh, thank you. I, I, I truly it, mean that. Kind of a weird thing. Season one, I think, was on Hulu, or might, might have even been season one and two. But it it hasn't um, found a home on an American broadcaster or streaming service yet. Um, I know Hulu opted out of subsequent seasons. I know Will Arnett Company had their own version of Mr. D in development. Like oh. they bought the rights to it a few years ago. They are opting out of pursuing it. Okay. Um. Uh, what can I say? It, it was a great show to have in Nova Scotia during an especially turbulent time in our industry here. Right. It was a real fence post for everybody, paid a lot of mortgages and offered some stability. Sure did. Um, I love, uh, at this stage of my career, being able to sleep in my own bed. So yeah. driving to Halifax, going to work and coming home is, is a rare luxury and it was not lost on me. And you know, when something ends, there's a, a tendency to say like, oh, that's too bad or that's really sad. It's also, we had an eight-year run, which is virtually unheard of in my business, especially in this country. So Incredible. So life is about chapters, and it's okay to go, yeah, that was a fun chapter. What's next? Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you then, do you have uh, a favorite episode of, uh, of Mr. D? Um, there was an episode um, early on that was, a, I think it was a school trip. And we went to Boston, yep. and I got wasted yep. and barfed on myself in the lobby of the Lord Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty fun. And there was funny. another episode where Jerry and I double dated a couple of seniors who were, um, uh, you know, patrons of the school. That was pretty fun. Right. Yeah. Jerry I and I got lost in the woods. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, we drank our own urine. Oh, I didn't see that um, one. How did I miss that one? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. A lot of it was really fun. Yeah, you. I mean, and and we could go on forever. I mean, it, it, literally, it, such a such a full, rich, funny, layered character, Mister Cheely, like standing well, over unlike him. Unlike Jay Rock, I mean, on the surface, they're very different, but I, I've always been drawn to characters that are overconfident and underqualified. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Cheely and Jay Rock have that in common for sure. Yes, yes. Let's talk about Jay Rock, but we'll have to wait till next week because we're out of time. How does that even happen on a podcast? Hey, what's cracking, y'all? It's your boy J-Rock. You know, here, 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 here. listen to my boy Chris Lawrence on the craze. More with Jonathan Torrens. Next week, we play Would You Rather, and it actually gets a little gross, but it's fun. <laughs> so you'll have to tune back in to hear it. Plus, he tells us all about his tour, his book, and a whole lot more with J-Rock, Jonathan Torrens, Mr. Cheely, right here on the Chris Cast. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Kindness is the new gangsta. Aloha. <laughs>